0: This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome.
1: Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael with you. I have two very special guests today, Uh, both good friends of mine. Number one is Pastor Craig Jarvis. He is the founder and CEO of CASE, which stands for Christian Christian American American student experience Got it. Yep. listen to yesterday's podcast for a full introduction to that and then also with me is my good friend Ian Simpkins pastor of Poplar Creek Church in Bartlett Illinois and uh, pastor Ian and I may we go back how long Ian?
2: Yeah, 46 years, I think. 46 today. years. Yeah, 46. I met
1: years. Ian. Ian was a homeless man uh-huh. and uh, in Starbucks, and I really took him under my wing and felt like it was the appropriate thing to do. So um, pretty much the movie, The Blind Side. That's basically, uh, that's that's that's, basically yeah. it. If you see that movie... <laughs> I'm like, you're Sandra, Sandra Bullock, Bullock and you're Michael Orr. It's great. I so, get that a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's amazing. So um, we have uh, a number of questions that we're going to wrestle w- through with Ian over the next couple of days, but we got Pastor Craig and Pastor Ian in the room today. And uh, Pastor Craig has been with us the last couple of days answering the most common questions that he gets as a pastor. And, uh, and so we've cherry picked some of the top three. And so the question for today is hard. Um, and here's what it is why does god allow physical disabilities
0: tough one tough one especially if you don't have anybody that you're dealing with who is disabled um very difficult for folks that do um but i've dealt with several of them in my lifetime and found that the one common phrase that they end up saying at at our during our conversations is they end up saying that um they couldn't imagine life without these folks that they love mm-hmm. so much in mm-hmm. their lives. It's almost like they've been given a window into grace that other people can't have because of the way that they sacrifice and grow to love these folks in ways that are, are, are just godlike. And mm-hmm. um, so it, it, it's a difficult conversation because we're dealing with with people that, people that deal with disabilities and people that deal with the disabled um, probably ask these questions a lot. But I have found that it might be people that don't deal with those kinds of things that this really rains in on them because hmm. they don't have a, uh, a uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They don't have a, a context to draw from. Mm-hmm. So again, as we talked about uh the last couple of times that I've been here, and it's great to be back. Thanks for inviting me back and be a part of this uh, conversation. But as we've been talking about, a proper image of God, understanding how honorable it is to be made in the image of God and what, what all theologically that means, that we are invited into God's realm of, of existence in some ways where we can put our hands with his and make something beautiful even more beautiful mm-hmm. or something that's already made into something that will honor God even more than it does already. So with the image of God it, solidly in our grip like that, It's a little easier to delve into these uncharted waters in some ways and say that everything that we do can bring honor and glory to God. Mm. Paul said it best when he tries to explain this and ends up with a a finality of saying, so whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, whatever you do brings honor and glory. It can bring honor and glory to God. Mm -hmm. So make it bring honor and glory to God. And when we understand that, dealing with with, uh, the maladies that sin leaves us with and the way that it destroys the image, like people being born with um, with disabilities or people dealing with disabilities because of accidents or things that happen later in life, we're able to understand better that because this person is still in an image of God, they can still bring honor to God, even in their condition, whatever condition Mm -hmm. it may be. So just the fact that they – they they live and breathe is is a is a, a doorway in for us to peer through and see the the glory of God. Mm. And just because they don't have an IQ of 180 or maybe they have an IQ of five, it it doesn't matter because they bear the image of God, fallen as it is, they still have this this unique ability to image him in a way that nothing else in all of creation is invited to do. Mm, mm. And <clears throat> that is even even made bigger when you deal with somebody like that and God puts those folks in your life and gives you an opportunity to see his Mm. glory, Mm. to see his grace, to see his mercy in the way that these parents and friends and families deal with these folks that are disabled. They are exhibiting a part of God's compassion and kindness and grace in ways that you you wouldn't wouldn't be able to see any other way. Yeah,
1: people who are, are... suffering have an incredibly much higher greater capacity to bring god glory. Oh my and I think we forget that sometimes like if the if the goal is to give god much glory um, and people who suffer the most have the opportunity to make god shine the most, it would be natural that god would allow christians sometimes to suffer more mm. than we would even want. And yeah. so a good friend really taught me this message. He attended our church for about two years and, uh, and then he moved down south and um, he preached at our church and uh, he was mostly blind and uh, he begged God to give him sight mm. and basically God said to him what he said to Paul, my mm-hmm. grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the opportunity to bring me glory. Mm-hmm. And through your a, weakness. Through your okay. weakness. Mm-hmm. And this was a weakness of his. And and uh, he brought me to John 9. I want to just read this. I think it's a great passage. It says, uh, And as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, yeah. Rabbi, Jesus, who sinned? This man Or his parents that he was born blind, Mm. and this exposes a cultural lie that physical disabilities were believed to be the result of someone's sin Mm. in the family, Um, and that's just not true. Jesus obliterates the wrong thinking and says, it was not this man who sinned or his parents, Mm. but it was that the works of God might be displayed in him, yep. And so God gave him this disability uh, because he had a very specific plan to be glorified, particularly through this man's disability. Which
0: is why you're talking about him today.
1: Totally. Absolutely. And uh, so I, at the end of the day, my buddy was like, look, Michael, like, yes, this is hard. It's inconvenient. Like I had to go pick him up and drive him different places. And, and he was basically at the whim of being cared for by everybody mm-hmm. in his life to get him to and from work. But he said, you would not believe the amount of awesome conversations and discipleship opportunities Mm. because I am forced into people's cars like on a regular basis. I mean, it's amazing. And so I just really learned that lesson from him, changed my whole view of disabilities.
2: Mm.
1: Ian, share with us your experience on this subject.
2: Yeah. I want to first say, Pastor Jarvis, I think that was an incredible response and one that's really uh, important and timely, I think, for Christians to to grapple with. Mm. One of the things that I really, truly love about the word of God is that it doesn't steer away from these stories of anguish and heartache and sorrow. If it were up to me, if I was putting together a collection of writings to really rally for this, this revolution, this caught, like it, I would be inclined to leave those parts out. And I love that scripture doesn't so uh, and kind of just drives right through it. And mm. I'm, I remember reading a, an 18th century Russian pastor who who wrote uh, that Christians are like nails. The harder you hit them, the deeper they go. I love that. And that that for me um, never really rang true until I experienced that. I think it might, uh, in my own life and as a pastor and dealing with um, a lot of sorrow and a lot of heartache and a lot of those same types of questions. And just this summer, we were going through uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And one of the things that became increasingly clear to us as we studied um, the kingdom of God and how Jesus spoke of it, really were two things. One, the kingdom of God is nearer than we realized and that those who are nearest to it will often surprise us. And exactly what you were saying, that there, there is, you said, a window into grace. I think that's such a beautiful way of understanding even the doctrine of Felix culpa, right? That the idea that it's because of the fall that we're able to experience the fullness of grace. It's like your friend, Michael, who would who's, who's in cars that he otherwise wouldn't, be invited into is, is given this, this glimpse. And I, I remember even, uh, speaking with a friend and she, she was just horrifically sexually abused and she had sort of with tears had asked, why would God allow this? And with tears in my eyes, I said, first and foremost, I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I, I can tell you why I can tell you what it isn't. It isn't because he doesn't love us because we can look to the cross, uh, a symbol of torture and shame that God, God redeemed then. And so while we may not be able to answer specifically, this is, this is why that happened we We know from Genesis to revelation that that God pursues us um, not only just in spite of our suffering but often in the midst of suffering and I think that um, suffering whether it 's a physical or spiritual ailment um, that that has a way of kind of pulling back the layers and and we're seeing a lot of this um I think recently, particularly with a lot of younger preachers that are, are starting to push back on this idea that um, those who are the wealthiest are also the most blessed, um, mm-hmm. which is a that's a that's a difficult it's a difficult topic to really tackle. But throughout the pages of Scripture, it seems to be you you think these people are the most blessed because they have the most together. But the kingdom, as Jesus often does, seems to be uh, in so many ways this this upside down way of looking at who, who's really closest to this thing. And 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 in my uh, in my experience with those that um, work. With those with disabilities and those who um, have loved ones who have experienced the pain of that, there is exactly, like you said, a, a window to grace um, and redemption and and healing um, that I think is very, very unique and very powerful to um, to to their experience um, in, in light of these these uh, struggles. So good. Yep. I the, the Jesus, sermon on the
0: mount it's it's interesting sermon on the mount begins with this concept uh-huh, right yeah. blessed are the persecuted blessed are those who mourn
1: i thought i said blessed are the rich <laughs> <laughs> no that's a no? different version <laughs> different <clears throat> we version. don't use that version uh, <laughs> i mean
0: look so stupid every time i do this <laughs> it's it's just more of what ian is saying that's mm. so good because it for us for us to grasp a hold of this we, we have to understand how how suffering is in the kingdom of god seen as as, as the part that purifies us and makes us into who God wants us to be. Mm. That image that is des- destroyed can be so much more beautiful if if we go through the fire of, of purification, through the yeah. fire suffering. And this is even true in the church because in 1 uh, in Corinthians 12 where it talks about how the church functions together, it says that there's all kinds, everybody has a gift. But be careful because it's the ones that seem like they don't have mm-hmm. very many gifts at all. Those are the most beautiful ones, yes. and you need to tend to yes. those those folks the most.
1: Yep. I mean, if God gives a follower of Jesus the experience of suffering, what he's doing is saying, you are uniquely put on a pedestal right now. Give me glory. Yeah. Yeah. Suffer. Like, well, right. And it doesn't mean you can't ask hard questions. It doesn't mean you can't wrestle through. You have to. I mean, part of suffering is dealing with the why. And sometimes like you don't even realize the why until you get to heaven or 20 years down the road or you've been dealing with this for a long time. But at the end of the day, there is nothing that is allowed or ordained or permitted that is arbitrary. Hmm. Everything is intentional by God to bring him glory. And so when he enters into your life, what you now count as temporary suffering, have no doubt that he has purposely put it into your life for your good and for his glory, yeah. and that's not a cliche. I, I get, you know, we say preachers can't just get up and say God's going to turn this for good. If you don't believe that to the core of your bones, you'll mm. never be able to suffer to the glory of God.
0: Right. Ever. Hebrews twelve. Hebrews right. twelve. Jesus was perfected through suffering, yep. and so are we. Same yes, same deal. Right. So, let me just say, if if you have listeners right now, it, it probably needs to be said that um, that. Uh, those of you that are dealing with handicapped people or those mm-hmm. of you that are going through uh, handicapped situations um, of loved ones um, or, or whatever your, your arena is, please understand that um, none of us pastors talk about this lightly. We, right. we right. deeply appreciate the glimpse of grace that we get to see mm-hmm. through your sacrifice of those that Jesus loves. Maybe... Deeper than we could possibly imagine. Absolutely.
1: Yep. There's uh, five women at the village church who are, um, who who experience 24 seven constant pain, Mm. like just pain all the time. 24, it just never stops. And um, seeing their attitudes Mm -hmm. and watching how God has used that to make them more Christ like is remarkable. And I look at that because for me, just, I'm just going to confess, one of my greatest idols is just pleasure i want to feel good i don't want to feel bad i try to avoid pain and mm-hmm. and uh, that's just part of my i think sin struggle as, as a human but I watch them, and I am personally inspired. There's just one in particular that just rises to the top because I've known her for so long and so well, and and uh, hearing her pain and her groans and her difficulty, mm. even to the point when I preach, she's usually walking in the back mm. and standing up because she just can't sit right, down because right. she's in so much physical pain. Uh, but to see her joy and mm. attitude despite that, and that is an absolute 100% miracle of God, yep. evidence of the Holy Spirit and um but she didn't just land there she right. had to wrestle right. Right. and fight and ask questions and pray and sometimes it's so bad that she can barely think and then and and we look at this and we say why would god you why would you do this right and i want to just i want to end with this statement because i think this has given me such perspective if we knew what god knew we would do what God does every time. Hmm. And if we could see into the panorama of all of God's wisdom, knowledge, intentions, if we could know what he knows, we would allow or ordain or permit whatever God allows or does. Absolutely, or yeah, right. And, um, and I think for the person suffering, it's, it's hard because on one hand, that's theological, right. but on the other hand, if you don't get that, you will never right. suffer well because you'll feel like, why are you picking on me? Right. You know?
2: Yeah, one of the things that we say as often as we can is that, the gospel is never more real and on display than when we're broken and I think that uh, if the gospel is good news another thing that we say pretty regularly is that uh, good news invades bad spaces and that means that brokenness and suffering that um, while it is like you said very real and we enter into that with uh, as the ancients would sitting Shiva, right? Weeping with those who weep and just simply being present in that, not trying to prescribe some sort of needle-stitched watercolor verse to make it go away that we we sit in it with them. But that in that, like you said, there is there is that future glory that he speaks of, that our present sufferings don't even hold a flame right. to what it is. And that, that takes such great faith and trust. And I think it's yep. in those moments of suffering that that is kind of called out in us.
1: Yeah, like somehow we're going to get there and say, oh, that was worth it. Yeah,
2: right, right.
1: So from three pastors who are in remotely good health um, I do get that the just sometimes the heart it's hard for people to hear from people who are generally healthy mm-hmm. you know I don't even want to begin to say that either of us have physically suffered on the level that some people have suffered but we have the opportunity to open up God's word and try to share truth um, that is as objective as we can be from the word of God and just speak encouragement and hope into that. And so our desire is to love you well, to encourage you, to encourage you to press on, let Christ be formed in you. And I know I speak for um, Ian and Craig when I say it is our joy to be here with you and to help um, you grow as a disciple and follower of mm-hmm. Jesus. So Village Church, um, check out our website, vcob.org, to submit all of your questions. There's a tab um, right on the homepage there. It says Q&A Podcast. And uh, we want to invite you back next time where the three of us are going to be together again. And we're going to answer kind of a different question. It's going to be a little more lighthearted than this one. The question is this. So what do pastors do anyways? (laughs) P.S. listeners, you may be wondering, how do I get this podcast into as many hands and ears as humanly possible? After all, it is objectively the greatest podcast in human history. So, uh, the quick way to do that is by leaving a rating and review. The more uh, ratings and the better reviews a podcast gets, the more Apple pushes it out to as many people as humanly possible in their search engine. So, here's a quick tutorial on how you can leave a rating or review. First, if you have an iPhone, iPad, or any kind of computer, Mac or PC, open up the itunes store do not go into your podcast app because your podcast app will not allow you to leave a rating and review go to your itunes store search in the search engine village church of bartlett three podcasts will come up. Pick the Q&A podcast and you will see ratings and reviews. Go into the ratings and reviews, preferably hit five stars. Anything less than that will judge you. But um, then you will see the word title. Title is the name of your review. For example, um, these people are amazing. Tim is the most handsome man ever, etc. And then you can actually write your review. And then if you would post that, we would greatly appreciate it. The more ratings and reviews the more people actually get to see the Village Church Q&A podcast. So on behalf of Pastor Tim and myself, thank you, thank you, thank you.